Alright, it's good to see you guys here this morning. And it's good by faith to see all those people that are watching online and will watch throughout the week. I know that we have probably sometimes up to 50% still watching from home and we still love you and look forward to the days that we all get back together and uh, celebrate here at the church. But we still can celebrate some of you are at home and uh, we, we pray constantly for those that have health issues that right now they feel safer just to stay home and, and worship with us online and that's perfectly okay. Uh, I hope you had a great week. You know, uh, Gwen and I, we, we just, this whole year has been, uh, as, as we've said before in different sermons and different things like that, it's been different, hasn't it, than ever before? And, and what's amazing is when somebody tries to say, well, typically this is what happens, you can throw that out this year because nobody's an expert on this year, which is uh, kind of cool because we don't have to come in agreement with everybody else that's being, you know, possibly, you know, more negative than they should. We, we need to be safe. But at the same time, we walk by faith and not by sight. Right. Right. And it's easy to lean and, and kind of default back on a system that is playing constantly about maybe you're not a value or, you know, that you're kind of, you know, should be fearful of tomorrow because... Uh, we never know, it, but we know who holds our future, don't we? And, and today, you know, as you come to church and as you <clears throat> hopefully have a, a daily Bible study by yourself, and what we say is we encourage you to be a self-feeder, that this isn't the only place that you uh, have the Word of God into your life. <clears throat> Are you serious? I can do it at home. You can do it at home. You know, they say, don't try this at home. You can try and do it at home. And, and get into the Word of God and listen to the Word of God. And, and faith cometh by hearing. hearing. And that's multiple times. Hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Uh, there's so many good uh, ministers out there that preach the Word through podcast. A lot of times I, I do the exercising, you know, and... And it sounds real good to say that, but when it says, I walk the streets of my neighborhood, you know, that might not sound as energetic, but still I do that and, and I'm listening to sermons. And let me tell you, sometimes I get back and I just have to say, Glenn, sit down. I'm going to preach to you. And I, I'm fired up. So the word of God. And so then when you come to church, here's the thing. We're not just Christians because Christians are sometimes undefinable. You know, we went through that series one time about, you know, so many people are Christians, but we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are disciplined learners. We're disciples of Christ. We read his word. We apply it to our lives so that we can help change the world by his grace. You are very, very valuable to our God. He gave his life for you. This morning, you know, uh, I had to ask my son, as the word of God comes forth out of different, you know, people, different mouths, uh, we've, we've had Brianna and we've had uh, Gwen, uh, we had Lisa last week kind of bring the message and, and several people, and today Mark's going to bring it. I, I just want to say from Mark, I'm very proud of him. 
uh, him and Luke are doing a fabulous job. If you didn't know, there are youth ministers, and, and Mark is also the young adults minister, and every Sunday night, pretty much every Sunday night, uh, they meet at Axiom Coffee, and, and they just have a, a great time. And, and I've got to tell myself, no, I'm not a young adult anymore. <laughs> but we were talking to Twyler this week, and, and she was out of town last Sunday, and she got back in the afternoon or whatever, and she said, I almost went down See, see, Twyler could pull that off, but I come in, I'm too old. Twyler, that's what your five bucks bought. All right, all right. We love our young adults, don't we? Amen. Amen. All right, Mark, tell us what the Word of God says in our life. All right, all right. How are y'all doing? I tell you what, I'm honored to be able to, 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 be able to speak today. I'm honored that you would come and, and prepare your hearts um, for the Lord and that the Lord would give me the opportunity to speak to you, to that openness that you've made in your heart. I'm honored by John Taylor's immaculate suit right here. Immaculate. John Taylor brought this random suit game out of nowhere and he's just, he's balling out on us. Some of the young guys are trying to keep up, but we can't. With John Taylor, the young guy as well. My mission, I've got a mission today. My mission is that you would, um, at the end of this, my goal is that you would be encouraged. That you would be, that you would understand who you are in Christ and who Christ is and his relationship to you. That you would understand these things just a little bit better. If you want to understand these things a little better, say amen. amen. How many know that I can sit here and I can talk and I can get us emotional and I, can, and I can run around in circles and tell stories. But unless the Holy Spirit reveals himself, we won't, know, we won't be any more closer to Jesus, will we? We need the Holy Spirit to reveal himself. We need the Holy Spirit to come and settle in on me and in you today so that the word of God can, one, go forth and two, be understood. Yeah. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come into our environment today. Lord, we, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come straight to you, straight to you. We thank you that, that you set us free. And now, God, we're so thankful that you've placed such a high worth on our lives that the same way that Jesus came to reveal the Father, we are heavenly beings just passing through this life, revealing you, Jesus, to the world. We're so thankful for this great, wonderful, glorious honor. God, we ask that today you would help us understand what we are worth first to you. We want to know what we are worth to you, Jesus, so that our lives can be changed. In Jesus' name, we ask these things and we pray. We say amen. amen. Okay, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. If you don't have your Bibles, um, we're going to slap you on the hand as you leave today. <laughs> the ushers are going to, Harvey's going to smack you right on the hand as you leave. Luke chapter 18, or Luke chapter 15, excuse me. It says, um, What woman... If she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep her house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls all her friends together and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Let me start over over here. Is this where I was? 
There's always something that, you know, happens when you're holding a mic and it goes, okay. So the shepherd has 100 sheep. One is lost. One is separated from, from, from the fold. And the shepherd leaves his 99 to go and get back the one. How many know that you are the one? Right. And, and when I, when I communicate and when I preach to people, I want them to know that they are the one to Jesus, that Jesus is the one who leaves, who leaves the 99 to go get them. But how many know when I read my Bible, when I get alone with Jesus on my own, I need to know that I'm the one. I need to know that in the second story, when the, when the woman loses the coin, I, I might tell people, you know, you're that lost coin. And I'm one of the other, one of the others to come and tell you that you've been lost and that Jesus is looking for you. He wants to find you and he wants to, he wants to clean everything, sweep the whole house until he can find you so that he can use you. But when I open my Bible, I need to know that I'm that coin that he's searching for. I was the one who was lost and now I am found. The last story is the story of the lost son, and, and that's the one we, we know the most familiarly. This is the most commonly preached. This is the story of the prodigal son. And this, in this story, we have somebody who starts out in the family of, of the father. He starts out with the father and he, in the household, and he leaves. He takes what he believes is rightfully his. Really, he steals from the father, and the father allows it. And he takes, he takes what is the father, and he, he leaves. And, and, and he comes back, and it shows in this story, it, it demonstrates the, the, God the Father and his willingness to just accept us back into his family. This, this final story, really the, the, the story after this one that, that we find ourselves in today, it demonstrates the heart of the Father towards us when we return to him. This middle story, there's only one piece of the Godhead left, and that's the Holy Spirit. The woman who sweeps through her house. She lights a lamp and cleans up everything looking for this one coin that she's lost. It demonstrates the Holy Spirit in our life and our connection to Him. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you ask the guys I work, work with, ask my family, ask them, really do it. I'm the worst about this. I lose things. Okay, I lose things. Ask my girlfriend Ashley. I am the king. There is no one above me. I'm. I you. I will lose your stuff. Okay, I'm the guy in the story that says, "Hey, I lost my car keys. Can you give me your car keys? I need to go get mine." You know, and you, <laughs> of course not. You know, that's me. And I remember. You know, I remember those. Uh, disparaging moments when you're late for something. You're, you need to leave and you, you, you can't find your keys. You're just about to go out the door and where are my keys? This happens to me routinely, okay? I'm used to this. I remember my mom telling me, you know, when I was younger, she goes, son, you got a knack for this, so you're just going to have to start learning how to rely on the Holy Spirit to find your keys <laughs> because you're never going to find these keys. They're going to be lost the next time. So... Um, you know, I lose my keys, and um, I, I remember some of the disparaging moments where I'm, I'm, I'm looking for my keys, can't find them, and I'm going, Mom, Dad, has anybody seen my keys? And, and you know, what, what, are, what are you expecting? You're, I, if you're like me, you expect in that moment when you're like, where are my keys? I can't find my keys. You're expecting Mom and Dad to go, son, let me jump in and help you. I'm going to help you find your keys. I'm going to help you find what was lost. What did my parents say? 
They're probably in that messy car of yours. My dad would always go, it looks like you slept in it. <laughs> we got a great house for you to live in. Why are you sleeping in your car, you know? It's all messy out there. And I remember going, my mom goes, you, you know, your room, son, was a wreck. This was all growing up in my life. Okay, I'm just, I'm just being transparent here. You guys say, man, you are like a child. Well, you have sin too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. So she'd say, son, if you organize your room, if you clean your whole room, you'll find it. I remember going up into my room and going, oh, oh, in order to find this, I have to clean my room? I have to, now, for you that you probably see mentally a, a picture of a sock on the floor or something like that, I just want you to envision chaos. <laughs> chaos. It's gone. You look up in there and you're like, you know, you look at my room and it's like, wow, I need a new car because I'm never going to find my keys, you know. <laughs> Throw it all away. It's over. It's over. Abandon it. See, if I'm one of the, if I'm one of the lady's friends in the story that she calls to rejoice with her, if I'm one of her friends and I see her looking for her coin, I'm not going to pray for her to find her coin. I'm going to tell her, go out and work and earn new coins. And the time that you take sweeping your dirty house, you could make three coins. You'll earn back more coins than you lost. Why are you? It will turn up eventually, maybe. It's better than wasting your time just looking for more money, looking for your lost money. Just go get more. Just go get more. Christ, when he looks at us, yeah, you know where I'm going. <laughs> he, could, he could have looked over me when I was in my sin still, and I couldn't put it down, and he could have said, I'll just go get somebody else. I'm sure some of the people looking, around, looking at me from the outside probably thought, God, just go use somebody else. Give up on him. You can have more. You have more people. But Jesus sweeps up the house and goes, I will find my lost son. Why, why does the lady not abandon? Why cannot she abandon and go and look for more, just go earn more coins? Why can't she do it? It's because in her mind, she's already, she already has a use for that. She already has, has a, a, a place that where she's going to use this coin. She knows exactly what she's going to spend that coin on. Other words, you do forget it. I heard um, uh, businessmen, and my brother, ever since, you know, I learned this in uh, economics when I was in high school. A businessman taught my class. Um, and I've heard my brother Heath, you know, businessman, all my life say it since. Um, a dollar is only worth something. It only ever becomes worth a dollar once it is spent, once it is used. A dollar is worthless in an economy just sitting in somebody's bank account sitting still. It's worthless. It's worthless. But the, eco the economy is strengthened when, that, when that, uh, that currency goes into circulation. Has anybody ever heard this? You're, that, that, that dollar bill, that, that penny, that, that quarter, that, once that goes back into circulation, it strengthens the economy. Let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, you, your, worth, your worth is demonstrated when you let God use you. When you let God use you, you become of worth to the heavenly economy that you are a part of. 
it demonstrates, like I said, it, this story demonstrates our, our realities that are in us and in God. Number one, we, we, we see the reality in God, and we've, we've, we've looked at that and, and how the Holy Spirit is willing to clean everything to bring out what is valuable out of us. But also, let's look at the reality of a coin. In the other two stories, you've got a sheep, and the sheep can at least bleat, you know. I, say, I had to look up that word because I didn't want to go back to you on stage. <laughs> and here I am, you know. Doing it anyway. That's right. And the sun can return back home, but a coin is an object. A coin cannot make itself known. It must be found. Listen, we, we can't just, we can't, we, we were so lost, we can't even make ourselves known to God. We had to be found by him. This story reveals a whole nother side of not only God, but of us, where we are completely hopeless. Like a coin in a nook and a cranny deep down in the bottom of a house. Everything must be changed. Everything must be moved around. Every, every couch cushion's got to be lifted in order to find that coin. Because the owner says, I've already got a place that I'm going to spend that coin. In 1995, there was a, uh, there was uh, in the Mint in Philadelphia, there was, they, they, were, they, they were working on a new run of pennies. They were making a new run of pennies. So they're, in Philadelphia, they were going to produce these new pennies. And they, they produced a whole, bu- a whole bunch, a whole batch, and put them out into circulation. And they realized after they were in circulation for a while that there was a flaw in the process of how these coins were actually made. In, on the coin, in the in God we trust, was actually, it, it was like blurred, it was flawed. So these coins, the mint declared these coins worthless. Not even worth a penny. But as time went on, there, was, there were collectors that started looking for these coins and searching for these coins, these pennies, all over the place. And there were... they. Because the, 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 even though the mint declared that they were worthless, even worth less than a penny, these, these penny collectors actually determined that they're up, worth upwards of $2,000 a piece. Listen, if a penny goes from a penny and it's worth a dollar, if you're willing to pay a dollar for a penny, hasn't it multiplied 100 times over in its value? These pennies become upwards of $2,000 in worth. These pennies are distorted and they're flawed and they're, some would say that their worth is even, is even less than one cent because of the flaws that have happened to them. But it takes one penny collector that says, I'm willing, it's worth it to me, I'm willing to pay $2,000 for that penny. It's worth it to me. So the, the, the mint even says the people who, you know, you, you know, who determine these things say it's not even worth one cent anymore. It's not even worth a penny anymore now, but because of these penny collectors, because somebody recognizes the, the, the uniqueness in that coin, they're willing to pay $2,000. The mint can say whatever they want. An item is worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. What is your worth? 
whatever Jesus is willing to pay for you. What's he willing to pay for you? Everything. You already know. You already know. You already know. I heard a story. A pastor told me. Actually, my, my dad, this pastor, told me this story. He said that there was a man who, who always, he had always wanted more all his life. He, he had always wanted more. And one day he looked around, and his life, he wasn't where he, you know, fought in his big aspirations, but he looked around and he thought, you know, I've got a lot. I'm looking at everything God's given me, a house, a car, a wonderful family. And you know what? I, I'm going to be thankful. And I'm, what I'm going to do is every penny I see, he promised God, he made God a promise. He said, every penny that I see, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to clean it off. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect it until I can spend it on something. Every single penny that I find, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to use it. The same way God picked me up and cleaned me and he uses me. So this, this man would, you know, he'd, he'd go by on, on the side of the road and he might see a coin like down in the dirt and in the muck and pick it up and clean it off with his handkerchief and, chip and put it in his pocket and and he would, he would remember how much God loved him when he'd, when he'd, every time he'd pick up one of these pennies. And it would remind him to love even the lowest of people. And so he always felt real good. And he said, God, I'll always keep this promise to pick up every little penny. Well, one Sunday he went to church and he went to the bathroom. And, and he's, he walks back there and in the toilet, in the bottom of the water, lo and behold, he finds a penny. He finds this penny, and he hears the Holy Spirit say, are you still going to keep your promise? Are you still going to keep that promise? Are you still, are you willing, like me, to reach into the darkest spots, the deepest corners, the dirtiest places in the house, just like me for my children? Are you willing to do it? Do you still see the worth in that coin? And the man reaches down and grabs it, even out of the toilet. And then... Harvey washed off his hand and shook all of our hands today. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't Harvey, but. You start thinking, I didn't shake Harvey's hand today, did I? <laughs> yeah, I love you, Harvey. Right, right, right. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you. In Genesis 18, chapter 18. Um, God comes to Sarah and Abraham, and this is the second time he tells them, you're going to have a child. Okay, this is the second time that God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to give you a son. Now, in the chapter before this, God actually renames Abraham and Sarah. Abraham means the father of many nations. He declares over him, you'll be the father of many nations when he names him Abram to Abraham. And when he names Sarai to Sarah, he says, you are, you, you, uh, kings of nations will come out of you. So he, he gives this amazing prophecy and declares uh, uh, their worth to them. He declares their worth to them and tells them what their destiny is. That God's going to, he's going to use them and, he, and he's going to make something out of them. But Abraham and Sarah, in case 
you don't remember the story, they're very old at this point. They're past the years of childbirth. Their, their time has already come and gone. And, and Sarah, in the, quietly in, in, in her tent, she hears them outside, and she laughs to herself, and she says, How could a worn-out old woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when my husband is so old. Especially when my husband is so old. Y'all weren't supposed to laugh at that. You were supposed to cry, but. (laughs) Many of us, we see ourselves, we see our own, we see our life the same way Sarah sees us. We see, we see what God's doing in us. The Bible says that we're all made in his image. We're all made in his image. When the Pharisees came to Jesus in Luke chapter, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter 13, they come to Jesus and they say, what, should we still pay taxes to Caesar? Do, what should we do? Should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Caesar says, let me see that. I'm sorry, Jesus says, let me see that coin. Whose inscription, whose image is stamped on this coin? And, and Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. What is Jesus saying he wants? He wants you. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. He stamped his image on you. See, Sarah didn't see herself the same way that God seed her, did she? There was something, there was a difference between the way God viewed her and the way she viewed herself. Even after he gave her the promise, even after he gave her the new identity, there was a problem in the way she viewed herself. I can't afford to have a thought that is different about myself than how the Lord sees me. I can't have a thought that's contrary to his thought about me. That, that angel comes and says, Abraham, you better get busy, bro. Because <laughs> a year from now, I'm going to come back and there's going to be a baby here. There's going to be a baby when I get back. And they're going, no, no, we can't have a child. We're too old. We're too used. Listen, God stamped his image on them. He gave them the new identity. And still, just like these pennies in the Philadelphia Mint, her trust was flawed. The way she viewed herself, or the way she understood what God uh, uh, told her about herself was messed up. Her image, her self-image was contorted. See, God views us differently than we view ourselves, and he expects more because of it. I'm going to say that again, because it doesn't sound like it got to you the way it got to me. God views us differently than we view ourselves. And he expects more of us because of it. He expects more. Just like when he shows up to Sarah and says, "Uh, yeah, y'all better get going, because when I come back, there's going to be a child. And we look at our lives and we say, Jesus, I've been broke up. Yeah, I started out, I was a hundred bucks with your name on it. But what do we do? We take that in and we spend it. Can I get a chain? Can I get, can I get, can anybody break this $100 bill? And well, our life becomes broken down and broken down and broken down until there's just pennies left. When I pull through the Axiom drive through and I give them $4 in my Americanos, three something, I say, keep the change. I don't even want it. I don't even want it. 
And God, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He's going through the pennies looking for the one that's missing the trust. He's sweeping through just like the Holy Spirit. He sweeps through and looks for that one that he's missing. Why? Why? Why would he not just move on to another? It's because he already has a use for it. Listen to me. God has already a use for you. He already has a use for you. That's why he's pursuing you so hard. It's the heart. Jesus is looking for that heart that says, use me. Use me. I no longer see anything in myself. I no longer see anything in myself. Your image in my heart is is flawed. My trust in you has become flawed. I've lost my hope in you. I've lost my trust in you. You've asked me to go up to a new level, and I've lost what what I should have held on to. And Jesus says, I'm going to make you worth what you were ever before you were even started. I'm going to take your flaws, and I'm going to use every single one of them. Every single one of them. The penny was worth more than a hundred times its own, its own worth as a cent. And now God, oh, God's making us worth more than 100 times our own original worth. Even more. It can't even be calculated. It's the penny, it's the heart of that, of that person that says, Jesus, you found me, so you can use me. You cleaned everything to look for me. You, you redeemed so much to get to me. Father, you found me when I was nothing, when I was used up and left on the side of the street somewhere. You swept up everything and cleaned everything just to look for me. So Jesus, I already know where you're going. You want to use, you want to use me for your glory. You've, the reason you're coming after me is because you've already spent me in your mind on your glory. So Jesus. If you can get some glory out of me, come and use me. If you want to get some glory out of me in my life, come and use me. I may not see it right now, but Jesus, I know. I know you're doing a new thing in me, making me a new creation. After all, after all, we're, not, we're only worth what somebody's willing to pay for us. We're worth everything to God. I hope you see your worth today. But even if you don't still recognize it, I tell you, God does. And his word says he shares his mind with you. So ask him to show you what he sees. After all, he has invested everything in you and he anticipates a great return. God still has a use for you. Let's pray and I'll be done. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you that, God, even though we were used up and all of our worth was exhausted, you were still willing to pay everything for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we thank you and we love you that you rename us and you give us a new identity. And even though our trust is sometimes distorted, God, you renew us and you pay everything for us. You clean us, and you start everything over in us again. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. God, help us help us to, to be and to model what you're expecting of us. We want to bring you a great return. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Great job, Mark. And did I tell you I'm proud of my children? <laughs> Love them very much. Uh, before we're dismissed, I want to remind you of uh, tithe and offerings and how much we appreciate your generosity. And as you go out, we're not going to pass the plate as we haven't done in a few months. But if you'd like to just drop an offering into the plate, um, God has been very good, hasn't he, to all of us? And even in the middle of this uh, pandemic that we know that God is taking care of us. <clears throat> if you would like to keep updated on some of the things that are happening, I know it seems like we only meet for a, a short period of time on Sundays, and sometimes we'd like to meet more, and we will in the next coming year. We'll go back to some uh, small groups, maybe even uh, do some online Zoom meetings. But if you're not getting the, the church newsletter through an email, uh, you can fill out a connection card, and we'll we'll send that to you. Also, if you're not a part of the chapel Facebook group, uh, if you will want to join, we'll accept you. And I know that we'll have devotions on there and different things that I know that Dustin has been putting on that you can, again, if you do not have a Bible study or a devotional that you follow, uh, there'll be one on there for you. And there's so much that you could say, well, you know, I'm not going through that one. The good news is you can go to another one and read that and, and just apply those things to your life, the Word of God. This morning, is, uh, Pastor Mark was speaking on value. You know, my mind went to uh, the, the sermon that Sarah always replays in her mind when she first came and where she was at that time to be reminded of value of her life made a big difference. And so this morning, before we leave here, Sometimes when you hear a sermon on value, you go, well, God loves me. That's, that's good. Well, here's the purpose of all of us, to go into all the world and preach the good news. Well, pastor, I'm not a preacher. Unfortunately, God says, yes, you are. And here's how you preach. By speaking the encouraging word of faith into people's lives, of telling them that they do have value in this world that the culture, the world that we live in might not say it, just like what he said with the mint, oh, that's not any good. Matter of fact, if you want to throw it away, go ahead. But God says no. And there are people in your life today that are listening. First of all, do you think I have value? And when they hear that, yes, you have value. And God says that he loves you and has given his life for you. Let me tell you, in a dark, 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 dark situation that we're in, people will ease the chair up closer and they'll begin to listen like never before because they're hungry for the good news. Have you experienced that? If you haven't, you haven't been listening. The other day I was getting my hair cut and the lady said, she does this. And I thought, uh-oh, here we go. She's looking around. She goes, do you think that this is the end of the world? Now, I remember past, so I, I'm really careful until the end of the haircut. Because I didn't want the burr that the nervous haircut, you know, got. But at the end, I began to explain to her about the love of God. And again, hope came back to her. So I want to encourage you to do that. Wonderful message this morning. Why don't you stand with me? Yeah, let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. Father, today as we leave here, the God that you have loved us so much that you gave your only son. Father, in doing that, 
that we can accept you, we can receive you into our life and have everlasting life, that we can spend eternity with you, someone who loves us and wants to be with us. And Father, as we do that, the Father, that we realize our identity in you, and that gives us hope. So Father, as we leave here, <clears throat> let us apply that to our lives that we might share that with other people and give them hope in their life. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you guys for coming to the chapel. Go get them. <laughs>